Hey everybody, it's your host, Joe D'Amico, and welcome back to the Fantasy Injury Team Podcast brought to you by Guys Trip. Are you planning a golf trip, bachelor party, sporting event trip, or just need a weekend getaway with the guys? Guys Trip plans your entire trip and saves you 30% off retail pricing for rental homes, transportation, golf, nightlife, and much more. Visit guystriplive.com, use the code FIT for an extra 10% off your fee today. Guys Trip, just show up. I am joined by the handsome and bright doctor of physical therapy, Tom Christ. Talk to me, Tom. What's going on? What's happened? I appreciate those kind words. That's awfully nice of you. Uh, I'm here in um, just an absolutely beautiful city, St. Louis, Missouri. I'm actually about 12 feet away from Illinois right now. Illinois. No, no <laughs> don't pronounce the S. Um, staying right next to the arch, which is an absolutely ridiculous looking structure. It looks like it's from outer space, but it's pretty cool. Um, yeah, I'm ready to have a, uh, you got a little, little PT nerd conference this weekend. Should be a good time. All right. Never been there before. A little Midwest action, I guess you call that. But uh, you're looking you're looking all nice. You look like you're ready to go out. You got your hair done. You got, you know, you look like you, you showered recently, Tom. I don't know. You, you look ready. My finest T-shirt. There you go. I'm basically wearing my pajamas here. Uh, and Tom, we're on to week eight. And listen, this season, man, it's just been the most probably unpredictable in in recent memory i mean again it's probably recency bias just because it's been so crazy but i can't remember a crazier year man and this past sunday you know week seven now we're on week eight but week seven it was national tight ends day tom which i didn't realize but there were some nice uh i'm just gonna give you guys a little state of the league here some nice tight end performances last week we had kelsey with how do people not guard him? I know he's just unbelievable, Tom, but put six guys on him. Guy had like almost 200 yards, 29.9 half-point fantasy points. Andrews, 20 points. Waller had 19. He's been coming on. He had Goddard, 16.2. And last week on National Tight Ends Day, we had seven tight ends score. Of course, Taysom Hill, Mike Kosicki, Mark Andrews twice. We had Darren Waller, Gerald Everett. Kelsey was, yeah, so 12 for 179. And Dallas Goddard scored, Tom, and uh, some breakouts as well. There's a lot, a lot of crazy things going on. We uh, saw Jameer Gibbs showing off his elite skill set. JSN, first NFL touchdown. Great to see that. And we had Jordan Addison, remarkable. He had seven catches for a buck 23 and two touchdowns. Tom, Jordan Addison up to six touchdowns now. Man looks He's pretty good. Yeah. Really he reminds me of a rookie Calvin Ridley, like Calvin Ridley's rookie rookie year where he was, you know, obviously Julio was the top dog there, but Ridley was just scoring at a ridiculous rate. And Addison looks capable, especially with JJ out showing off his speed. So he's been good. And then a lot of just surprising performances last week, too, just to continue our recap here. Gardner Minshew, a massive game, massive game in a, uh, a tough loss. Yet Kirk Cousins stand out again in primetime, beating the 49ers. Maybe that whole uh, Kirk Cousins narrative in primetime going down the drain, but he looked good. You had, as a Giants fan, you had Tyrod Taylor looking good uh, for the Giants. Tom, of course, just again, as everybody predicts, the top two running backs of week seven, Donta Foreman with 30 points and a hat trick. And Gus Edwards with 20.4 half-point PPR points. We had Jonathan Taylor. Is he back? 18 fantasy points. Daryl Henderson, Royce Freeman, the guys for the L.A. Rams. 
Tom's boy, AJ Brown, just continues to eat. I just, my only note on him is literally the word savage because it's pretty much factual at this point. You got rookie Josh Downs for the Colts continues to impress and Puka Nakua, Tom. I, I, if I can, if I can meet someone, man, you know, forget the history things. For, I'd love you, Puka Nakua. You, you, you handsome Polynesian man, you. I just love Puka Nakua. He's going off for my teams. And Tom did a little research here. Any idea what his real name is or even what Puka means? Is Puka's not his real name? No. So is, look is into it, this. Is it like Puka, Puka Nuka? Puka Nuka. It, it sounds like that could be it, but no. His, his real name is Makia, M-A-K-E-A, Nakua. And I learned about Puka Nakua that Puka is a nickname in Samoan, meaning fat and chubby, because apparently Puka Nakua <laughs> was a huge baby. He was a very, very big baby, and I don't, you know, I, I love him. I, I, I wish I can, I can hug him and and tell him that he is the best because he's carrying my fantasy teams. Another couple of things here, Tom. Jake Bobo outpacing Tyler Lockett. Good times out there, and then of course, Tom. We have our disappointments of week seven. Bijan Robinson has uh, arthritis, if you will. Hmm. <laughs> nice. Nice. <laughs> uh, <Arthur> Love that. <laughs> you had uh, Josh Jacobs, not so good. Aaron Jones in week seven struggled. Mostert. Cooper Cup didn't have a good game. I played Calvin Ridley in two of my leagues, only had 1.5. Herbert and Eckler. And of course, Tom, finally the transition here. We had a lot of injuries as well. And that's, guys, what we're here to guide you through. But, Tom, before we move on, uh, a random prompt for you here. Describe the state of fantasy football in one word. How the hell would you describe what's going on this season? Silly. Yeah. Silly. Those of you guys at home, uh, participate. Send us some words. Stupid, I would say. Uh, Unpredictable. It's boring. Um, Unbelievable, really. But we continue to to power through, Tom, and we move on to week eight here. Lots of injuries. Last thing before we do start the uh, content of our show, Tom, we got to give some special shout-outs. Guys, last week, the Fit Team, me, Tom, uh, Vin, Sam, Wyatt, all of us are are so, so proud. We broke our downloads record last week, so we appreciate you guys so, so much. Give us a five-star rate and continue to make all of our dreams come true. But, Tom... I promised I would give people special shout outs if they, uh, you know, threw us a bone, liked our show. So I love them. A lot of bigs on this one. Big Tom, love you. Squan man. Big D Dio. Tom, you know Brian Dio. Uh, Kevin Sheehan, shout out to you. Uh, MG, the uh, AP Gov OG right there. My boy Jordan Byrne. And then Kevin Riley also said not to say his name. He said, tell Jesse Magliulo his team sucks and has for a decade. But Kev Riley, we give you and him a shout out. Quite an intro, Tom, but let's get to our show. Main segments. Tom, you are the best in the business. Let's pick your brain. Go position by position here, starting with our injured players and their implications. Starting with one, since we are recording on Thursday, there is more clarity here, but Tom Jalen Hurts, knee injury. Doesn't seem like he's on the injury report, but are there any concerns that you have with Jalen Hurts this week? So this was interesting because we could clearly see Jalen running a little slower the other night. Um, and and we, we could tell while watching that he wasn't totally right, but he continued to play, continued to play very well and he continued to run. He, um, we know that he has a minor left knee injury, but it's so minor that he's not even on the injury report. Been practicing in full all week. And with this being his left leg, not his right leg, 
So it's not the one that he pushes off of for, for throwing power. This really shouldn't affect him too much, if at all. Maybe the Eagles call a couple less designed runs, but they're still going to tush push all day long. He's still going to throw to AJ Brown for 600 yards and it's, it's not going to affect his throwing and he'll still run. It just, maybe they design one or two less run plays for him, but no reason to be really concerned here. Fair enough. Tush push. What is it? Brotherly shove the other 12 crazy names they had, but well said Tom and, and you know, Jalen hurts, man, been a stud. All year will be for years to come. Huge win for your boys, man. Handling the Dolphins 31 17. That was a good one. And Eagles themselves looking scary, everything like their, their last year selves, and, and maybe even better. Third in total offense, sixth in total defense, rock solid special teams, now six and one. And hate to say it as a New York fan, but it seems like the birds are on their way to another Super Bowl. All right. Next guy up, Deshaun Watson. Not so much clarity. No practice today, Thursday, Tom. A rotator cuff. Is that correct? What's going on with, with Watson? Yeah, this has been a development that I have been saying is clearly in place for the last month while the Browns have been just not giving us all the information. They've been saying contusion, 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 which is a bruise. It's been so obvious for weeks. I've been tweeting about it for weeks that it's not a contusion. No contusion lasts over a month. Clearly, it was a rotator cuff injury. They finally admitted it. It's an injury to the subscapularis muscle, which sits on the front side of the shoulder blade. And its job is to, one, keep the arm bone in the shoulder socket during any overhead motion, such as throwing. But also, it transitions the arm from the cockback phase to the throwing the ball forward phase. So what we saw with Watson in, in his five passes last week is he did not have any power on it. And that's because this muscle is injured. It's not putting together its full strength or, or power. So it's really impacting his throw power. Also, it hurts. So we know now that he's going to not play this week. It's going to be PJ Walker this week. I expect him to miss a whole month to try to rehab to get the strength back here. It's not impossible for him to get that strength back and return this season. And the Browns are playing pretty well this year. So in a month from now, they should still be competitive. If rehab does fail, though, which sometimes we, at this phase of rehab, we don't always know if it's going to work or if it's going to fail. If it does fail, it's going to be season-ending surgery. Tough. Okay. So would you, I mean, obviously, if you have the IR spot, you put him there. But... Would you, you know, if someone doesn't have that spot, Tom, are you, are you dropping him? You think like, yeah. what would you say? Yeah, yeah. Would... I'm dropping him. Cause he, even in his two, three healthy games this year, he wasn't elite. Like he used to no. be. Yeah. Uh, you can absolutely drop him if you need the spot. All right. Even going back to preseason, I, there were, there was a part of me that I had him ranked like maybe ninth or 10th at quarterback. And I was like, what if he's just like the old Watson hiding out in, in plain sight here? But he struggled. Obviously, the injury hasn't helped. But Tom, as you mentioned, man, Browns are four and two. Another winnable game this week against the Seahawks. Browns defense has been incredible. They're first in yards allowed. Somehow they're first in yards allowed, but tenth in points. I guess they they just gave up thirty eight to the Colts, so that's probably the issue there. But pass catchers continue to be sketchy. You know, it's a roll of the dice between Cooper, who I think is still playable. You know, not a guy I've been a fan of for a long time, but. Uh, more and Njoku, I don't really know. But Watson last week, you're right, Tom. He hurt people, man. He went minus 1.8 points uh, in week seven. And again, like you said, hasn't looked good. 
Run game, though, continues to be the focal point of their team. And that brings us to the next guy who seems doubtful for this week, Jerome Ford. Tom, ankle sprain. Talk to us about what's going on with him. It's it's a high ankle sprain. I put out an Instagram video on our fantasy injury team page a few days ago that really highlights what exactly happened. You can very distinctly see this is that hip drop tackle that caused the injury that the league's trying to get rid of. The defender latched on to Ford's right side and just kind of fell to the ground. And the defender's body weight uh, landed on the outside of Ford's ankle, which causes it's, it's a classic high ankle sprain mechanism. The good news is this is very mild. They're reporting one to two week absence. What that tells us is that there's little to no loss of stability of the ligaments that are injured. That's crucial because what happens with the high of the bad high ankle sprain is that the ankle stability is impacted. And then the running back or whatever position you are, you can't cut off that ankle as hard as forcefully as quickly. When there's a very mild injury, there's not enough tissue damage to cause that instability. So he's just dealing with some, some pain, some swelling, some soreness, and, and maybe a, a, maybe temporary loss of strength because of the pain. But in a week or two, he should be able to get all that back. And he's the type of uh, player that because of how minor this injury is, I'm not going to expect a decline in his production when he returns. Whereas a more significant high ankle sprain, you would. And you always talk about age, Tom, as one of the big indicators. I'm looking up his age. He is 24 years old, so should be able to bounce back. I don't really know about prior injury for him, but, you know, hoping to see him back pretty soon and been pretty explosive this year so far. Just last game, 11 for 74 with that long 69-yard touchdown. Uh, Kareem Hunt, once again, though, fantasy relevant at, at 28 years old. I do think this week for the Browns, Pierre Strong will be involved a little bit. And beware a little bit before you, you know, go grab Kareem Hunt everywhere in DFS. Of course, he's playable in redraft. Dynasty, probably not so much because he's so much older. But the Seahawks, who they do play this week, rank sixth against the run in terms of total yards allowed. So maybe temper expectations a little bit. But Tom, like we talked about before, man, this Browns rushing attack has been the focal point of their offense. Been really special. We'll keep an eye on Ford. But for Hunt this week, should be pretty good things in store. On to Saquon Barkley, who Tom did been doing this. What two? This is our second season, second year doing this, doing the pod. I feel like he's been on almost every episode, and it's sad. It's always Barkley. Barkley for sure. The free him, Mike Evans, great players, unbelievable talents. But this week we got Barkley, a hyperextended left elbow, unless you correct me, but that is what my research says. Limited today on Thursday. What can we expect from Barkley? That's exactly what he's dealing with. Uh, he it occurred early in the game last week. He came back, played the rest of the game. This is not something that we need to be worried about. It's a very mild injury, no structural damage, not going to need surgery or anything like that. And it's an upper body injury. So it doesn't affect his ability to run, cut, run people over, etc. And it, perhaps he'll just carry the ball in the other hand if it is bothering him. But really, this is not a concern whatsoever. We're not even worried about like a higher re-injury risk or anything like that. Okay, great news there. And he's averaging 15.3 points per game this year, which actually is surprising. He hasn't missed some games, which is hurt. But don't look now, Tom. 
Giants are two and five. We are we are ready to make that Super Bowl run, man. Two and I'm five. Sure what a are. what a huge win for the G men behind Tyrod Taylor and Barkley scored and Waller scored. What a what a great week. But this week, man, gonna be a fun Sunday game, especially in the tri-state area, New York, New Jersey. We got uh, the Giants versus the Jets, one o'clock on Sunday, and. Again, it's going to be a pretty disgusting offensive performance. The game total is the lowest of the week. Vegas has it at 36, 36 points. That's just nasty. And, and and still for Barkley, I'm indifferent on him. Of course, he's an insane running back talent, but I had him last year in so many fantasy leagues. He needs 25 touches to succeed just because of the nature of the Giants offense and how they move the ball, how they struggle to get first down. So this year, Giants, I looked into a little bit. Giants are 29th in the NFL in first downs a game, 16.9 first downs a game. A couple teams behind them. One of them is the Jets. The Jets are 31st in the league with just 15 first downs a game. Steelers are last. Tom, I'll let you guess who's first. This should be a layup for you. In rushing yards? No, in uh, total uh, first downs for uh, the season per game. Well, maybe it's not so much of a layup, but I'm asking you. No, uh, it is the birds. The birds. First, in the amount of, maybe I didn't phrase the question right, but total first downs uh, for the whole season or first downs per game. But the over under, Tom, that I'm putting here on, I'll let you pick this one. How many punts? do you think are going to happen oh, in the Giants Jets game? So the, the, this is, this is a, remember when Delaire came on our show was doing the kicker yeah, props. This kicker. is a legit line. This is a legit line. You could take oh, is now, it I really, I haven't seen it out yet, but I, I, I'm going to set it at eight and a half. What do you think? You take an over under. I am. Let's see. Zach Wilson versus Tyrod. <laughs> most likely I'm going over. <laughs> I think as soon as that line comes out, can that be my bet of the week? My sleeper pick, Tom? Yes, over yeah, on punts? <laughs> I think I'm going to hit that. All right. Next guy up is one that I am going to start throwing things in my room about because I am frustrated. And Tom, I don't know what you're going to even tell us, but Bijan Robinson, who I've never seen this before, was questionable going into yesterday. And it said headache, as we all know what happened on Sunday. Now he seems like a full participant. Can you give us any medical insight on this like what Tom, what the hell happened on sunday man uh well let me ask you this are you someone who ever gets headaches not unless i'm hungover or dehydrated <laughs> so yeah. not normally yeah. no so as somebody who has had hundreds of brutal headaches in their life you can't do shit when it's really bad so i I know it's annoying. I believe me. I know. And they should have told us something. That's the issue that everybody has is that we didn't know anything, but from a medical standpoint, I mean, I totally see why he didn't play. Like when you get these bad headaches uh, for a lot of people, light sensitivity, miserable, loud noises, miserable, quickly changing your head position, miserable, And sometimes there's even associated like weakness with it. Like you can't create force from your muscles like that. So there is a medical explanation here. What there isn't an explanation for is why the hell they didn't tell us. And and I I guess they still dressed him either as a decoy. If you remember from the 96 Super Bowl, Terrell Davis dealt with a migraine and he 
was just out there as a decoy. I, I believe it was in the second half that it came on. Um, or maybe they gave him some medication and hoped that the headache would subside by some point in the game and he could play. But it's frustrating because we didn't know. Everybody started him, got zero points or not many points. And point, it's point really three, um, zero point three. <laughs> yeah. But like medically, I get it though. Yeah. Is this so you say headache? Is this like a migraine? Is it a silly question? Is it like a migraine situation or like just we don't we don't know. It it could have been. Um, I mean, there's a lot of people in this world that suffer from migraines that are sure. very legit and very debilitating and yeah. often very unpredictable when they're gonna come on. I, thank you for clearing that up, man. I, I get it. I, I'm not mad at Bijan at all. He's a human being. And if he deals with chronic headaches or whatever it is, that's, that's seriously totally fine. I've been so firmly on the Bijan train. Like I'm not getting off, but I do have a couple gripes or grievances, so to say with this, it's just, to me, it's just sketchy. I, and not that I don't believe that he didn't have a headache, but I saw him messing around, having a great time, all smiles, all videos pregame like signing autographs, smiling, talking to fans. His post-game interview, he's, I know they come on, they come off, fair. Post-game interview, smiling. It's not reported at all because Arthur Smith, I have just, I am furious with. He even played like random snaps throughout the game. He came in with the game on the line, took one carry for three yards and left. Like, I just don't understand it. And my beef with this too, Tom, let me cook for a minute here if you don't mind. It's it's Arthur Smith. <laughs> I don't know. Do you watch any of the 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 yeah. interviews that he does, man? Yeah. Like it's yeah, his it's ignorance, bad. his arrogance, the condescending way that he deals with the press. I wrote some quotes down. He says all the time, quote, I don't care for fantasy football. I don't think about it for a second. But clearly, Arthur Smith does think about it because he can't stop mentioning it. Every single interview, he talks about it. This week, a couple of the things he said, he said he's going to – I mean, this Twitter was going wild with this, Tom. This should be a figure-it-out segment in itself. He said, yeah, teams are, are never really able to prepare for us because we have our three running back system, and uh, you, you know, teams have to prepare for all three running backs, and we might have to give CP – he's talking about Corderell Patterson – some extra carries, and then somebody asked him a question. He goes – you guys don't understand anything. You guys don't understand how things really operate. None of you do. That's literally a direct quote from him. And then another thing, somebody asked him, Tom, about the Bichon thing. Like, hey, why didn't you report it? I think that's a pretty fair question. He said, quote, I haven't given one second of thought about the Bichon thing. We are not going there. Titans coming up is a big game. They continue to ask him, why didn't you report it? Why didn't you report it? He goes, ask me something else. He goes, you want to talk about climate change? You want to talk about politics? He literally started just ranting about some bullshit. I, I can't stand him. Good for him. He's four and three, Tom. I, I just cannot stand Arthur Smith. Here's my one of my last things. Like the NFL, right? Sponsors. Who are they sponsored by, Tom? Is it DraftKings? Is it is it sport? Whatever the sport. Like they sponsor and, and prom literally promote gambling but then they allow somebody to lie about an injury report and not be totally transparent about it anybody that bet the falcons was probably pissed even though they won the game anybody with Bijan and any type of bets anybody with fantasy football that's like half their damn followers like it, it's just unbelievable like he's trying to zig when they zag like fine congratulations arthur smith like do whatever you got to do but good luck in the future if you do make the playoffs drawn up plays for tyler algier and Jonu smith and scotty miller and carterell hodge like 
I need to shut my mouth, Tom, because I'm getting fed up here. I'm going to we're going to transition here because, you know, what? I think I might do a whole episode on Arthur Smith because I can't stand it. But we are here to analyze injuries. And before I injure myself from yelling, Tom, let's talk about DK Metcalf. He's the next guy up here. Practice fully Wednesday, I saw. So is he is he good to go, DK? So ribs, hip, what's going on with him? Yeah, so the ribs he's been dealing with for several weeks, That that's not what held him out last week. It was more the hip, which he practiced in full again today on th- <clears throat> Thursday. It looks like he's going to play this week. Hip injuries, you know, they're, they're not being real specific on what it is, but generally a hip injury is going to make it a little bit tougher for the lateral agility, the cutting. It can absolutely affect sp- straight line spraying too, but more uh, effect on, on the lateral agility. DK is just, he's a down the field guy and he's a big, big, big body. And that hip injury is not going to make him any smaller. That's for sure. So I don't see this projecting to impact his production whatsoever. Um, Go ahead and start him. Yeah, sounds good. I mean, he's been good. 11.3 points per game, half point PPR. I actually thought he was doing better, Tom, but game log so far, 12.2, 10.5. 14.2, 10.9, then the buy, then 8.9 and missed the game. I mean, he's still fine. Hasn't gone off, so to say, but he's still the alpha there. I agree with you. And Tom, while I was looking up Puka Nakua's real name, I had to learn what DK stands for. And your answer is Dekalen. Dekalen Zacharias Metcalf. Badass name right there. But uh, cool I would. Name. I would start him as well, without a doubt. Guy probably wouldn't start is the guy I've been fading all year. It's Christian Watson has a knee injury. What's going on with the Packers wide receiver? It's mild. Uh, He actually isn't even on the injury report anymore. It looked bad in the game. I know a lot of people were speculating some major ligament injuries, but no, he's all clear there. Very mild. He looked good in some of the practice videos I saw this week. Not expecting this to hinder him at all. If he's a guy that you need to start, you don't need to be. Uh, you, you don't need to think that he's going to play worse because of this injury. Uh, but like you're saying, he hasn't been great. But I do think he's still kind of just getting into the flow of things. We know he dealt with the hamstring early in the season. He's still probably getting on the same page with Jordan Love, who himself has not been great at all. Um, the combo of those two makes me not so optimistic about Watson, but I do think there's better days ahead than what we've seen. Okay. So from before I give my opinion on Christian Watson for, let's say a a dynasty perspective, Tom, are you, would you buy low on him at this point? Are you holding, are you out on him? Like what advice would you like? For me, he's a, I just don't I just don't love him. I know he's good and he has some unique skill set, but what what advice would you give for Dynasty on Christian Watson? Well, you need to consider your level of risk tolerance because we know the two biggest predictors not predictors, I'm not I retract that word. The two <laughs> biggest risk factors for injury are age and prior injury. He's young, so age isn't a problem but he's got a pretty lengthy injury list in yeah. only in his second season. But he's also shown with Aaron Rodgers last year that he can put up some big numbers. So it depends on how much risk you like to take. If you're not averse to risk at all, yeah, go ahead and try to get him. Try to buy, buy him. 
if you're somebody who is not a fan of risk, then you may want to ship him out and you could probably get a decent return on him, especially yeah. if you know the guy in your league, guy or girl in your league who is a very risky player and they just see that upside. That might be the person that you try to trade with. Yeah. And was great last year, but again, that's with the Hall of Fame quarterback freaking pepper him. I mean, he ran hot with touchdowns. Done virtually nothing this year, Tom, averaging just six points a game so far. But yeah, Jordan Love is part of the problem. My sister's a huge Packers fan. She comes in every time they lose to work. We work together at the same high school. She's always uh, just rolling her eyes about it. But Jordan Love this year, just 10 touchdowns, seven interceptions, which is is second in the league. Eight actually goes to Jalen Hurts, which we're really not complaining about, and Jimmy G. But Love just makes a lot of unnecessary passes, a lot of bad interception, and interceptions and last week 10 10 guys caught passes for the Packers but unfortunately their leading receiver was AJ Dillon with 34 yards against Denver and Tom we we couldn't be more wrong and I don't even I would go back and make the same bets I would make the same statements again they played Denver last week Tom I think I I forget even the reference I made about how bad Denver's defense has been and the Packers were off a bye so not looking good for the Packers. You know, I'm I'm really, really fading a lot of their offensive weapons, including Aaron Jones, who I think is even washed at this point. But let's move forward, Tom. Got a tight end to talk about. Gerald Everett, he left the game last week with, I believe, a quad injury and been limited, question mark. Uh, <laughs> correct me or, or explain to me, Tom, what's going on with Gerald Everett. Did not practice Wednesday, but did practice today on Thursday. Let's keep in mind that quad is one of the biggest, strongest, most powerful muscles in our lower body. Very, very, very involved in sprinting, cutting, jumping for a tight end, blocking as well. And tight ends see a pretty notable hit of about 20% fantasy production in their first game back from a quad injury. With Everett, who comes into this week as the tight end 17, do not start him. There are other options on the waiver wires. And he's, I mean, he's pretty touchdown dependent, like all the other guys are anyway. So I, I do think that this injury is enough to scare me off from starting him, but I don't, I don't know that I would even want to start him anyway. Fair enough. Now, if, if it was the same injury to a guy like a Kelsey or Waller or Andrews, I'm sure Tom, you would say story. And Andrews has had this injury earlier this year and it was, the same stats, the same 20% decline in production. And we still talked about start him because he's that good. Yeah. And that was on, by the way, because when he came back, he started slowly. Tom, our numbers are pretty damn good. I'm proud of our research. Uh, but Gerald Everett, like, I mean, I wrote here, like, he's the definition of a fringe tight end. And this injury, I totally agree with you. This pushes him towards a sit for me, like back-to-back weeks, 9.3 and 10.1. That's fine. But I had him last year in a bunch of leagues. Disappears quickly. Guys I have real quick over him this week are Kelsey, Hawkinson, Andrews, Laporta, Kittle, Waddle, uh, Waller, Goddard, Kincaid, Ingram, and Johnu Smith. And then it's a crapshoot if you want to play him or, I don't know, Schultz, and Joku, Komet, who disappears, Pitts, I would probably even play over him, Luke Musgrave. Good luck. It's ugly out there, but I'm leaning towards sitting Gerald Everett for sure. And guys out there, we're thrilled also to be partnering with SeatGeek. Go see your favorite team, Fantasy Stars in action. I would love to go see the uh, Giants-Jets this week. And if I was to do that, uh, I'm not going. But if I was to do that, I would go to SeatGeek 100%. Use our code INJURYFANTASY for a $20 off your purchase. It works for everything. 
So that is SeatGeek. We are partnered with them. Tom, let's continue here. We've got about six or seven players left. Pretty busy week with injuries. Austin Eckler, full practice Wednesday. So things are looking up for him, but minor ankle? What is that? Obviously not a high ankle sprain, I'm assuming. He seems like he's doing okay, but what's up with Eckler? This was a, uh, a mi very minor lateral ankle sprain to the other ankle, not the one that he had the high ankle sprain earlier this year. He sat out a few plays but was able to come back and finish the game. A again, when these sprains are so minor that there's no loss in stability of the ligaments, it it's really just like can you get the pain under control, which if he was able to return to the game, definitely under control. Full practices this week, not a problem, not a concern. Running backs do average a decline of about 10% fantasy production when they return from this injury. But again, this is such a minor injury that it's not likely to affect his, his bottom line. And he's such a high scorer anyway, that even if he did score 10% points less, it's still a lot of points. Lock to play slow two weeks, you know, coming back from his injury, but he's firmly in your lineup this week. He plays the bears, which surprisingly the two and five bears are fifth in the NFL against the rush 29th against the pass. But I don't think there's a world where you are sitting Eckler Tom, it's time for a run here of unfortunate dolphins news. Maybe you have positive news. I've been seeing tweets from Shefty uh, tweets from uh, this guy, Tom Christ, who I follow. He's been pretty good on Twitter, uh, <laughs> but talk to us. So we, we'll go, we'll, let, let's go in order here. We'll go Waddle, Hill, Mostert, which are pretty much their three studs. Let's start with Jalen Waddle. And I watched the game. He, he went out with a back injury and then they were saying in the game, he got like a heating pad or something like what's, what can you tell us about Jalen Waddle? Limited practices Wednesday and today, Thursday. This is actually pretty good news because when it comes to back injuries, you want to rule out the, the more sinister injuries like a fracture, a disc injury, anything nerve related. If he's practicing already this week, those are not present. So those are those are good. So whatever his injury is, it all comes down to uh, how it affects his movement and, and pain control. So with back pain, in particularly acute back pain, meaning it like just recently happened, like in a football game, it's often associated with stiffness. The muscles will just kind of clench down to protect the area. And usually it's an overreaction of the muscles. Like they don't need to be spasming like that. So huh. you just got to get things calmed down there, which really isn't terribly hard to do most of the time. Um, it's, it's more the chronic back pains that's, that's really hard to treat, but these acute back pains really not that hard to treat generally. So as long what does as that look getting... like, Tom, sorry, what is, what does that look like? Like they go back to the locker. I mean, they said like, like heating pad, like what, from your experiences, yeah. what, like what, so, what are they doing for him in that situation? So again, the muscles will spasm because they think they need to protect an area that is irritated. Um, and, and the heating pad is going to help loosen up the muscle to regain some motion. If your if your back, the, the back muscles are gigantic. They go from like your ass up to your neck. So when they're really tight, it's hard to move your torso, your back, anything like that. Obviously a wide receiver needs to be able to rotate to field the ball, to catch the ball. So if they're locked down, it's going to be very hard to rotate. So the heating pad is going to help loosen them up. It's also, it feels nice. So it's going to calm some of the, the pain sensation to allow the muscles to relax a little bit. I'm sure they're doing soft tissue work, stretching as well. And I'm sure that's what they've been doing with him all week since the injury. 
And the fact that he's practicing tells us that things are trending well. And this is the type of injury that once you kind of get loosened up, get going, it's not really going to affect your performance too much. The problem would be if he takes another bad hit that flares it up again. Definitely can happen, but it's it's not so likely to happen that someone as good as Jalen Waddle I would hold out of my lineup. If we go back a couple of players, if this was someone on the on like a Christian Watson level, then you know you're weighing the pros and the cons there, and, and I'm I'm leaning towards not playing him. But somebody as good as Waddle, I'm rolling the dice that this is not going to get re-aggravated during the game because of how high of an output he can give me. All right, thank you for clearing that up. Well said. And with Waddle this year, as good as he is, and I don't think people want to admit it, but he's been a pretty big disappointment. Just 10.5 points per game, just quote unquote. I mean, it's not killing you, but listen, you're still going to play him every week. His speed is unbelievable. He's on one of the best offenses in football. We'll hope the back injury is okay. Now, Tyreek Hill, his co-partner, his co Co what Tom Co uh, his 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 Co- friend co-pilot co-pilot friend. <laughs> the Co-steer. the guy on his team the that there's a word I'm looking for I can't find right now I will My I will teammate. tweet it out <laughs> well yes Tom his teammate damn it but it was co- whatever is <laughs> Tyree Kill damn it of the Dolphins so I saw some tweets earlier this week that he like that McDaniel or something said like he's gonna be back eventually but now I saw a tweet Tua, earlier Tua to, said that. or or Tua said that okay sure. And that now Tyreek is saying, I'm playing this Sunday, but Tom, maybe try to clear things up. It's a hip injury, but you know, tell us what you know. I think they're just, they're just poking fun at us. I really do. I think that they, they knew that they were going to rile up the whole fantasy community the NFL community for a day, just, just for fun. He uh, should be totally fine. I mean, he played like the whole game the other night. So it wasn't like we, there is a clip of where he looks like he might be limping a little bit after a play, but he continued to play after that. So uh, practice today should be totally fine. Again, these types of hip injuries usually are going to affect the change of direction guys, which he obviously is. But the fact that it's so minor makes me think that it's not going to be that big of a deal for Hill. Um, But I would project this to affect him more than it would DK Metcalf, who we talked about before just because Hill is constantly shifting, changing direction. But still, his top-end speed will be there. He'll still be agile enough that he's going to be great. And wide receivers really don't actually see any dip in their fantasy production when they return from hip injury on average. So you're not even you're not even thinking about this. He's in your lineup, and you're not changing that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we had to get him in the show to at least talk about this. But there's, again, no possible scenario where you sit Tyreek Hill and Tom, if I could rewind about two and a half months sitting there in all my leagues, pick five, pick six, staring at the board, man. Bijan, Tyreek Hill. I didn't even think twice about it. I was like, I want Bijan. I want him in this Arthur Smith or even just in this Falcons offense. I was so worried this year. God forbid that, you know, knock on wood, that that, uh, Tua was going to go out with if he got hit again. But my Lord, do, do I look wrong? Tyreek Hill. 23.2 half point PPR points a game. Absolutely insane campaign through a little more than a third of the season here. Number one wide receiver, 902 yards thus far with seven touchdowns. There's only been one week of the seven where Tyreek hasn't scored. On pace right now, Tyreek Hill is for 2,100, so 2,000. 
191 yards. Tom, you know the other record holder, Calvin Johnson. Calvin. Yep, 1964. So he's on pace to beat it by not just a little bit, by what, 191, like almost 200 or a little bit over 200 yards, which is insane. Uh, great opportunity here for me to sneak in Puka Nakua, by the way, who right now is on pace for uh, 1,826, which is just 138 short of the record. Can you imagine if that happens? But Tyree Kill is nuts. if Puka does. I just love Puka, man. Okay. <laughs> um, but, dude, Tyree Kill has been absolutely special, making me look like a fool to draft Mijan Robinson. But you're playing him this week. And then a couple players left, but let's stay in Miami, Tom. Raheem Mostert, ankle limited. He's also been averaging an insane amount of points, 19.4 points per game this year. What's up with Mostert? Yeah, an ankle injury, another one that we really didn't hear about during the game. So, so this is an injury that is pretty common to not hear about it during the game and then have a pop-up on Wednesday when practice starts because – Again, if these ankle injuries are so minor that it doesn't impact their ability to change directions from a stability standpoint, the adrenaline may kind of wash out the pain signals at the time. And then sometimes they wake up and they're like, oh, man, my ankle's kind of swollen, it kind of hurts, et cetera. But he was able to log a limited practice today on Thursday. Not really a concern for him missing the game. Definitely a concern for, for re-injury. I mean, we know there's a 26% re-sprain rate, but again, that doesn't always mean it's a major one. It just it, these, these kind of injuries happen to football players, and they always will happen to football players. And we see about an 11% dip in uh, – 10-11% dip in fantasy production, like we mentioned with Eckler earlier. Again, most has been so productive that that's not enough to scare me off, especially with A-chan still out. Now, I know Jeff Wilson's back, but – uh, we've seen this offense run both running backs productive in the same game. So you're still starting Mostert. Yeah. Whoever the guy is in the backfield, I want it. I mean, it's going to be Mostert according to you and me and, and really everybody. It looks like it's going to be Mostert. Jeff Wilson is back. Like you said, guy would be Salvin Ahmed, but uh, you know, if those two guys were to not play or if anything happened, but I do love Mostert. They play the Patriots this week coming off a loss as well. So I like Mostert. All right, three guys left. He should be pretty quick, Tom. Brock Purdy, concussion. I thought he was going to miss this week, but he practiced today or something. A miracle happened. Is he? Does he look good to go for this week? Well, remember, practicing is part of the concussion protocol. So they need to see oh. how he responds to, um, to one, just individual drills, then to team drills, non-contact. But they also, they're monitoring for 24 hours to see if symptoms come on. So Purdy's actually the perfect example because he never was pulled from the game Monday night because symptoms didn't come on until the flight home. So that was at least an hour or two after the game until symptoms came on. So I, I, we'll have to keep looking to see if he clears the concussion protocol. Of course, the, the good thing about those is they either do or they don't. There's no... Oh, he's right. gonna he's gonna play, but then he doesn't really he plays on like a snippet uh, snap limitation, especially as a right, quarterback. Right. That's not gonna happen. So it's either he's in or he's out, but uh we'll have to keep monitoring. All right. If not, it will be Sam Darnold at the helm against the Bengals. God bless the 49ers and and good luck if that is the case. But we are rooting for Brock Purdy. How about TJ Hawkinson averaging 10.4 points per game? A foot injury. 
Uh, Tom, doesn't the foot have like 600 bones? That was an exaggeration, but <laughs> a lot, a lot of bones. It, it's got a lot of bones, a lot of joints. And a, looking at the video, the, the midfoot is the concern, which is, of course, that's what can lead to the Liz Frank injury. But again, like any injury, there's spectrums of severity. So the fact that he's practicing today, Thursday, though limited, that's really, really good news. And he did go back into the game after the injury also and had a really productive day. But any kind of foot injury, it's going to make it difficult to change direction, to, to sprint even. I mean, the foot has to literally morph shape during the different phases of, of walking. So if there's an injury, it makes it a little bit harder for it to change shapes. It makes it a little bit harder for it to for someone to just push off of it. Now they can put protective plates in there and, and tape up the foot and things like that. And when it's a mild enough injury, that's fine. You can play fine with it. Uh, and that's what that's really what it sounds like with Hawkinson. It doesn't sound like it's anything super severe at this moment in time. We do need to remember Rashad Bateman last year had a foot injury, rehabbed it a couple of weeks thought everything was fine, went back and played, and then made it worse and needed to have Liz Frank surgery that ended his season. Let's hope that's not the situation with Hawkinson. Let's hope this is just super minor and that he can get over it quickly, That's which is how it sounds. And with how good he is and how bad the tight end landscape is, you're still rolling with him this week. Absolutely. I think he's tight end four. Now, hasn't been electric, hasn't been phenomenal. You take his best two weeks out, which, of course, he still had, to his credit. Best two weeks, 22.1 half-point PPR points and 14.1. Take those two weeks out, he's averaging just 7.2 points per game. But as a tight end, sign me up for that. I think still good, good things to come for him as long as he can recover. And our last player here, and then we'll get into some other guys, Tom. Our last main player, I guess, to talk about a lot is uh, Ken Walker. Calf, a DNP Wednesday. Guy's having a hell of a season, too. 16.3 points, but this was kind of a newer one. We just added him late edition. What's up with Ken Walker? Didn't practice Wednesday. As of our recording right now, we don't have Seattle's practice reports yet for Thursday. But let's think about the calf. It's a pivotal muscle for for acceleration and for, for sprinting. And it just highly involved, especially for a running back. We interestingly don't on average see a dip in fantasy production in running backs. However, only 25% of running backs meet or exceed their pre-injury baseline in that first game after a calf injury. Now that sounds crazy. How is it such a low percentage that meet it, but the average is unaffected? Well, Josh Jacobs went absolutely nuts last year after a calf injury. Uh, Jeff Wilson, a few years before, same thing. Ezekiel Elliott, there's three key outliers. Everybody else has struggled after a calf injury. Um, now, Walker is really, really good, though. So he may be one that could be that outlier. And with how many injuries we have and the running back landscape not being great, if he's playing, you're still playing him. Even if he does see a little bit of a hit in his production, it's still going to be better than what most other players can give you. Re-injury rates, obviously a threat there as well. But again, in, in this game we play, sometimes you got to take risks. You sure do. Uh, what would you, what percentage would you put that he doesn't? Really tough question. But what percentage would you put that he doesn't play this week, Ken Walker? Or do you think he plays? What do you think? I would say at this point, I don't have enough information to make an educated decision there. I would just be guessing. Um, 
as soon as we get the Thursday practice report, that will give us a lot more info. So if he doesn't practice at all Thursday, I'm getting really concerned. If he does even just a limited practice, then my concern level is going way down. Okay. Because while you were talking, I went to every league, literally. Go check the YouTube video, guys, because you could see me on my phone. I went to see if Charbonnet was available just because I was like, I don't know what's going on here. And he's pretty much taken in all leagues. But if you're listening to this, you get the report on Thursday that Ken Walker does not practice. Listen, Charbonnet hasn't done much this year, but of course he'll be worth the pickup. But, you know, we'll see how that goes. All right. Any other players, Tom, that we are monitoring besides for those guys we've discussed? We got quite a few, actually. Um, Debo obviously is out again as he's still dealing with that hairline fracture in his shoulder. Roshan Johnson just cleared the concussion protocol and will play this week. He will join Dante Foreman, who just went off in that Chicago backfield. So that'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Luke Musgrave, ankle, has not practiced Wednesday or Thursday. He's not one that we're considering starting anyway. Zay Jones is having a really hard time getting over this knee injury. That tells us that it's a little bit more severe than guys like Christian Watson, who we talked about earlier. Um, Chris Godwin, who's uh, or not sorry, not Chris Godwin, Baker Mayfield, who, who is, will be play, who will will have already played by the time you guys are listening to this. Yep. Um, Zay Jones's knee injury is obviously more severe than theirs. Didn't practice again on Thursday. Josh Palmer is dealing with the knee injury as well. Did not practice Wednesday or today, Thursday. That's one to continue to monitor. He's been playing okay in that elevated role with Mike Williams out. Juju That's has concerning to me. Sorry to cut you off, man. That's concerning to me. Here I am again on my team. The no practice Thursday. I need him. I need him, Tom. But thank you for that insight. <laughs> Yeah, that, that, that's one that's concerning me too, but also is, is this potentially Quentin Johnson's week to break out? Oh, Hopefully, gosh. maybe, maybe. I don't have um, to him. No, no, most people probably don't. Uh, <laughs> but thinking about like a, a, a dart throw in DFS, maybe. Um, continuing here, Juju, clear concussion protocol. He'll play. Daniel Jones still dealing with that neck injury, not looking like he's going to play this week looks like it will probably be Tyrod again. Tannehill with that high ankle sprain. They've already said that Levis and Willis are going to split time with Levis being the primary quarterback. And this one's interesting. Deontay Johnson, who returned from the IR after that hamstring injury, practiced in full on Wednesday, did not participate today, Thursday. I'm interpreting that as it's the maintenance day. We haven't heard anything otherwise, but obviously look out for news to see if that is anything more than just a maintenance day. All right. Lots to unfold there, Tom. This has been an electric and full show, but thank you very much. We have a lot of clarity here on a Thursday, and also thanks to the doctor of physical therapy, Tom Christ. Okay. On to our sleeper picks for the week, and we are teaming up with our great friends at Sleeper. You guys can visit them, sleeper.com slash promo slash fit. They will match a hundred dollars for you. So whatever you put in up to a hundred dollars, they will match for you. And we are going to do our best to give you our sleeper picks. Currently, ladies and gentlemen, your host, Joe D'Amico is three and four on the year. So I am down money right now. I continue to suffer heartbreak. So two weeks ago, lost my bet by a half a yard with the Olave or excuse me, with the Hawkinson bet. And last week, Tom, I liked Olave. I liked that he was going to get a, a good role. I think he was, you know, I thought he was going to get a lot of targets and have a good game. 
I took the over on Olave last week for 60 and a half yards. And Tom, he got 57 yards. So here I continue with my heartbreak. And he had 15 targets. It's been a series of unfortunate events for me. I need it this week. So I'm going with a squeaky wheel situation. And that is Michael Pittman. So guy I haven't really bet on much in my past, but I like the Michael, uh, Michael Pittman this week, over 58 and a half yards. Very outspoken last week about the lack of targets and the recent Colts loss. He's hit this uh, over the 58 and a half. He's hit the over four of seven games so far. Uh, two other games that he did not hit. He had 52 yards and 56, which were super close targets this year. He, he's getting a lot, a lot of attention. 11, 12, 11, then low five, seven, and then up to 14. And then last week, five, which he was very, very vocal about, very upset about it. Minshew can sling it. And listen, the Saints defense has been pretty good. But I do like Pittman this week. I need a win desperately. I won three in a row, lost four in a row. This fantasy season, betting season, this this life we live, Tom, has been outrageous and crazy. But I need a win. Uh, what happened with you last week? I remember you bet a Packer, which that I no, no, Packers no, no, I bet Russell Wilson under, and it oh, hit in the pack. It hit. Damn it. Well, congratulations. I mean, good job, Tom. <laughs> So that means you are you're four and three then. So you have a winning four record. and three. Yeah, I believe it was under two sixteen and a half. Yeah, and he yeah. threw for like one ninety four, I believe. I had a yeah. boy, Tom. Right. And and we're gonna get another one this week. I am going to take Brees Hall over sixty eight and a half rushing yards this season. He's got two games over a hundred. Zach Wilson is not him. They. They can't rely on Zach Wilson to win the game. They have to rely on Wilson to manage the game and allow Brees Hall to be the one that carries this offense. Joe, your Giants are 27th in the league against the run, averaging allowing 137.3 rush yards per game. Wow. If that happens, Brees Hall is going to get more than half of those, so he's going to go over. Is there – I like it. I really do like it. I'm trying to think if I could possibly parlay the Brees Hall over with the over in punts in the game. Cause I still want to take that bet, Tom, but all right, Brees Hall. I hope you win this week. I hope I win this week. And I hope I win this week in the vampire league. Tom, I got my ass kicked last week in the vampire league. We took an L man. We finally took an L. My sister beat me. Shout out to you. And I lost 98, 84 and she benched Mark Andrews and Tyreek Hill. So listen, she deserves to beat me. I don't get to steal a player this week, but I do get waiver priority. So I'm desperate at tight end. I've been playing Cole Komet, who I think he's put up to zero and something else awful. So I went with Dalton Kincaid. I picked him up. Dawson Knox undergoing surgery, who we haven't mentioned yet. But, you know, Kincaid, I think, will at least give me that floor. He had a nice game last week. And again, anything is better than the Komet zero. So this week I play our, our very own fantasy injury team uh, man, Vin Bento, Chimmy Boy, in a very competitive matchup. And Tom, I've got my eyes on Austin Eckler or Cooper Cup for this week. So we will oh, see wow. how things go. I'm five and two. It's been fun. Vampire League. Guys, if you are not in a Vampire League, I highly, it's stressful, but it's fun as hell. I highly, highly suggest it. Shout out Devin Mayer for running that league. Okay. Tom, time for history trivia. We had a couple inquisitions or uh, comments last week. Last week, the answer, everybody, was John Adams. And by the way, we do this history trivia because Tom 
isn't great with history, just like he doesn't know how to operate YouTube. But Tom loves history in general. And, you know, got to ask you a random question each week. So participate. Send us the answer at uh, fan- what Tom, what are we at? At Fantasy Injury? At Fantasy at Injury underscore Fantasy. It's been Twitter. a long week. It's been a long week. I tweet from it all the time, too. Okay. Injury underscore Fantasy on Twitter. Tweeted us. Here's your question. So in my AP government class that I teach, we're talking a little bit about checks and balances and how the veto is one of the most powerful checks and balances that the executive branch has on the legislative branch. Tom, you know what the power of the veto is, right? Of course. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Uh, <laughs> it's when a president can basically stamp a law and say, no, I'm not approving this. Whatever. Yeah. So some people, if a president vetoes a lot of laws, it looks like it's like abuse of power. Like it's not really a great look. So if a president does veto a law, it often does not become a law because it's tough to uh, get overridden. Only 7% of presidential vetoes do get overridden. And again, if you veto too much, people think that you're abusing your power. So question is this, there's been about 2,500 vetoes in American history, but there's one president that vetoed 635 times. So 2,500 ever in American history. And there's one guy that vetoed 635 times without Google, ladies and gentlemen. Your question is, who was that president? All right. Tom, have fun in St. Louis. What's the plan tonight? Uh, I don't know. I really don't. (laughs) You're dressed up. I I present on Saturday. I'm giving a presentation. Um, I don't know what's happening before that, to be honest. Well, go have fun. Go watch some Thursday night football. And uh, you guys out there, good luck in week eight. Thank you so much for joining us. We wish you the best of luck. Should be a really fun week. No teams on a bye, so should be some shootouts out there. But we'll see you guys next time. Thank you again. And we are the Fantasy Injury Team.